I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. I wonder what you mean when you use the word I. I've been very interested in this problem for a long, long time. And I've come to the conclusion that what most civilized people mean by that word is a hallucination. That is to say, a false sense of personal identity that is at complete variance with the facts of nature. And as a result of having a false sense of identity, we act in a way that is inappropriate to our natural environment. And when that inappropriate way of action is magnified by a very powerful technology, we swiftly begin to see the results of a profound discord between man and nature. As is well known, we are now in the process of destroying our environment as a result of an attempt to conquer it and master it. Welcome back to the Lime Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's gorgeous episode, I got to have my friend, Mr. Ryan Munsey, on the show. Uh, Ryan is a ex-fitness model slash bodybuilder, uh, current trainer, nutrition consultant, uh, overall badass. He is the host of the Optimal Performance Podcast, uh, all sorts of great stuff, really wonderful conversation. In today's discussion, we got into the ins and outs of nootropics. We got into lucid dreaming, debunking, uh, cheat days. His experience with fitness modeling and bodybuilding really makes him a uh, pretty excellent expert around. Hello. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm using it as my official desk. (laughs) I know. No, it's okay. I can use the bushes somewhere. I'll just keep recording. So uh, I'm currently here in Costa Rica and my office is uh, the jungle and I happen to have my car on the back of a random person's, or my, my computer on the back of a random person's car. And that was that, that was the experience. Um, so really excellent conversation. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoy. You know, for bodybuilding, you have this date that is on the horizon and you know in, 10 weeks, eight weeks, six weeks, that you have this one day that you're trying to peak for. Uh, In New York, it was completely different. You'd get a text at night and it says, hey, tomorrow at five o'clock, you gotta be at this place. So you didn't have the time to do this entire week of um, carb depletion and water, uh, you know, depletion and then carving up and, um, you know, making all that stuff happen. So it was interesting to try to switch that from, you know, having a week to do it to a couple hours at a time and, and trying to always be as close to that peak as possible. Thank you so much for tuning into the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you'll find hundreds of videos on self-care and functional movement. You'll find the self-care kit, and uh, you'll find links to get 10% off of uh, any Four Sigmatic purchase. Highly, highly recommend utilizing some of these therapeutic, nutritional, medicinal mushrooms that Four Sigmatic provides. The absolute highest quality. I use them every single day, and um, they have been supportive of this podcast, supportive of me. Greatly, greatly value these guys. And uh, yeah, if you haven't checked out uh, Cordyceps mushrooms before getting in some exercise and movement, whatever, um, missing out, check that out for sure. And get 10% off at foursigmatic.com slash align. That's F-O-U-R sigmatic, S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash align and uh, get your movement on. And as well, folks like Tim Ferriss are digging on this stuff too. 
Um, really worth your time checking it out. Prices are reasonable and you get 10% off with the code. So foursigmatic.com slash align. Um, as well, thank you so much for uh, people that are using the Amazon affiliate link. That is wonderful. It's on the right-hand sidebar of the blog and pod- podcast page. Anytime you, you buy any crap on Amazon, uh, just bookmark that link and then Align Podcast Foundation gets 7 or 8% of your purchase for the rest of your day. So that is greatly appreciated. Um, I think we might be ready to go. Thanks so much for reviews on iTunes. That's, those are awesome. Uh, I don't have any quotes or anything like that for you today. Um, I guess one of my favorite that I always like to say anyway is how you do anything is how you do everything. That's a really special one. So uh, ponder on that. Normally I have a book with me and I pull a quote out, but today I am wandering around the jungle as I am releasing this podcast. Spent the day surfing. I'm out here in Nosara, Costa Rica, and I'm going to be out here for another few days. If anybody is out in the Costa Rica, hit me up. I would love to get a surf in with you. Uh, hope you guys are having an absolutely beautiful day. And one other thing, this is a two-part podcast. So if you want to jump over to the Optimal Performance Podcast, which is hosted by Mr. Ryan, you can uh, check out the rest of the conversation, more geared towards movement, structure, alignment, all those things. Here we go, back to the show with Mr. Ryan Munzee. Align Podcast. Well, so what about food? You know, so, so you say no food, but I've heard you slash other people getting into like fat being okay, protein, so-so, carbs, definitely not. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, so I would say definitely avoid carbs in the morning. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have to skip breakfast to capitalize on the benefits of avoiding carbs in the morning, right? Um, when we wake up, our body is primed to burn fat for fuel. And, you know, you mentioned the, the Ben Greenfield podcast. We went into, uh, you know, pretty good detail on, on that. But basically when you wake up, cortisol peaks. That's the hormone that spikes to kind of get us going and get us up for the day. When it peaks, um, you know, that presents or, or, you know, begins a cascade of other hormones uh, you know, some of those are uh, growth hormone, ghrelin, um, and, and these are anti-catabolic um, hormones, and they promote fat consumption, fat oxidation, the use of fat for fuel. And if we uh, eat carbohydrates, even quote-unquote good carbohydrates, then we're going to uh, elevate blood sugar, which creates an insulin response. And if insulin is present at the same time as cortisol, not only does it blunt that kind of perfect storm cascade. Uh, but then we also get, um, you know, increased fat storage when we have insulin and cortisol present at the same time. Uh, so even if you eat breakfast, even if you're not somebody who wants to fast intermittent fast or skip breakfast, then I would say you want to avoid carbohydrates in the morning at that first meal. So, uh, you know, if you want to eat, uh, whole eggs and sauerkraut, something for, like a fermented vegetable would be one of my favorite uh, recommendations for, for breakfast there. Um, you know, if you want to pr- participate in intermittent fasting or some sort of fasting, you could do a butter coffee um, or you could do exogenous ketones. You could just fast straight up, not ingest anything. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that, that we can kind of tinker with that and, and achieve the desired result that, that we want to achieve. Yeah. One of my favorite and most like ridiculous like if anybody sees the way that i eat sometimes it'd be a little embarrassing when i'm by myself it's like this is delicious and great (laughs) but one of my like breakfast things sometimes or like whatever whatever i end up eating my first meal breaking the fast would be like anchovies avocado a couple hard-boiled eggs and then like some olive oil nutritional yeast and it's just like i just mush it all up and it's like it's wonderful yeah (laughs) you know but you feel great (laughs) you feel great (laughs) but it looks gross and and if somebody wasn't into that stuff (laughs) what about what about nighttime that's another thing that that's with all this stuff man i've gone through i've been like kind of paying attention to nutrition and like you know whatever like the the top fad is for at least the last 10 years or so and i see it an evolution you know and 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 it kind of like fades back into now it's carbs now it's protein do you have any hard opinion on like before bed type stuff well, 
So for me personally, I do uh, intermittent fasting and my fasting or, or eating window ends way before bedtime. Um, I'm usually one or two meals a day and I'm usually finished eating by at the latest six o'clock. So, um, you know, I'm not eating anything before bed. Um, I think no matter what we're talking about, um, you know, when it comes to diet and recommendations, I think we kind of need to zoom out and look at context and goals. So, you know, what, what's the, what's the 30,000 foot view of this person's, uh, overall plan look like, what are they trying to achieve? Uh, where do they struggle? You know, so, so if somebody struggles with sleep, I know a lot of people who uh, are on a ketogenic type plan, they struggle with sleep, you know, so there's recommendations to do honey and, you know, things like that along with like a Greek yogurt or, or a collagen protein, uh, before bed to increase sleep. Now, obviously that works if somebody, uh, or that's, that's a good recommendation for somebody who struggles with sleep. But if you're somebody who doesn't have any issues falling asleep, then, you know, maybe that's not a recommendation that you would want to incorporate into what you do. Yeah. Your background before you got into kind of this like online space was, was fitness modeling, right? Yeah, so I was, uh, I have a degree in food science and human nutrition. Uh, so I could have been an RD after college, uh, registered dietitian, but I didn't want to do the internship because I disagreed with everything that we were taught in school, too high mm -hmm. carbs and, uh, you know, all foods fit and that kind of crap. Yeah. Um, and so it was go that route or uh, I was lucky enough to uh, have an agency in New York that said, you know, we want to sign you and want you to move to New York. And so I said, uh, you know, I'll cool. see what, see if I can get paid to exercise and have my picture taken. Sweet, man. How was that experience? Was it as expected? Was it, was it kind of crappier than expected? What was, what was that like? It, it was not, uh, it, it was not anything like what I expected. And I, I would have to say that most of that is probably because I was uh, a little bit naive and I wanted to believe a certain thing. Mm. Uh, I think if I take an objective look going in now, I can probably see the writing on the wall for, for the way it really was. Um, but you know, I was, I was just coming out of college and I wanted it. I wanted to be able to get paid to exercise and, you know, have my picture taken. I wanted it to be that easy. Um, you know, the truth when you get up there is, you know, there's, you're like, I mean, the dime a dozen doesn't even do it justice. I mean, there's, there's thousands of dudes that are way better looking and bigger, stronger, leaner, whatever. And, you know, you walk in and it, it's, it's, it's an amazing, amazingly weird thing. Like you, you are, you are judged by this portfolio that you hand people when you go to castings. And, uh, that was a weird thing for me. I, I didn't like that. I, I felt like the whole thing was very superficial. It wasn't how I wanted to spend my life. Uh, it was very self-serving and, um, you know, I just, I wanted originally going in, I wanted to do it to, to establish a platform to be able to help people. Um, and I just figured that, that wasn't the way I wanted to spend my days. And there was probably a different way to create that platform and, and help people. Yeah. I, there's a phrase that's, that's not exactly how it said, but it's like choosing the wolves that you feed something along those lines, you know, choosing, choosing kind of like where you put your energy. And I think that in a world like that, if you're potentially putting most of your energy into more of like the, the vein, like glamor perspective of how I look, I wonder if there's some potential like more deep seated, emotional, spiritual vacancy that ends up manifesting. Does that sound like my crazy? <laughs> no, it doesn't sound crazy at all. I mean, I, look, I, I know there's a lot of people who are successful in the industry and, and they're good people, but I know there's a lot of other people in the industry who are trying to fill a certain void. Right. Um, right. you know, so that, that wasn't a void I was trying to fill and it wasn't, like I said, it just wasn't the way I wanted to spend my life. Yeah. Did you learn about kind of how to, to, to like bodybuilders, for example, like most people, especially these days, poo poo on bodybuilders on a very regular basis, mm -hmm. you know, whereas like maybe 20 years ago, it was like bodybuilding is great. Now it's like functional movement, yeah. you know, but one of the things that bodybuilders do well is they know how to fluctuate their physiology better than freaking almost anybody, at least yeah. from like a, a physical perspective, you know, hypertrophy, build muscle, cut it down. What's your body fat, you know, like yep. all the things. Did you 
Was that something you were paying attention during the fitness modeling days? Absolutely. So the, the way I actually got into modeling was through bodybuilding. Um, you know, I grew up playing sports. I wasn't good enough to play in college. And then I found the weight room and that was kind of where I filled that competitive void. So I actually started off trying to do bodybuilding shows. And I mean, I'm six one, I've got really long arms, long legs. Some dude pulled me aside and just said, you know, man, you're way too tall to be a bodybuilder. Uh, you should be a model instead. So um, that's kind of how the modeling thing started. But, but you're right. Bodybuilders better than any other type of fitness niche understand uh, manipulating physiology, how to peak, how to make your muscles pop, how to get hypertrophy, how to lose body fat. Um, you know, there was a saying a, a while back, you know, if, if you wanted to get strong, listen to power lifters or strongmen. If you want to get lean, listen to bodybuilders. Sure. Um, and, and that was, uh, you know, I tell people all the time I was doing that stuff before, um, biohacking was a word. So I kind of naturally identified myself as a biohacker when I first heard that word, because I'm like, yeah, I've been manipulating what I eat uh, you know, to increase muscle mass or decrease body fat for a long time. And, uh, and that was something that most of the other models in New York had no idea how to do. So I actually, like, that's where I started, um, personal training and doing nutrition coaching was helping some of the other guys up there, uh, you know, kind of peaking for that stuff. And, and one of the differences between bodybuilding and living in New York was that, you know, for bodybuilding, you have this date that is on the horizon and you know, in 10 weeks, eight weeks, six weeks that you have this one day that you're trying to peak for, uh, in New York, it was completely different. You'd get a text at night and it says, Hey, tomorrow at five o'clock, you got to be at this place. So you didn't have the time to do this entire week of, um, carb depletion and water, um, you know, depletion and then carving up and, um, you know, making all that stuff happen. So it was interesting to try to switch that from, you know, having a week to do it to a couple hours at a time and, and trying to always be as close to that peak as possible. Um, so that was one of the big differences between kind of modeling and bodybuilding as well. Yeah. How was energy levels? Did you ever find yourself in a place where physically you looked immaculate, but energetically you were, you felt depleted or were you able to kind of ride that? I would say that that pretty much sums up my entire existence up oh, there. <laughs> <laughs> I maybe. And that's, again, like, that's, that's another reason that like, I, I, I was like, this is not how I want to spend my life. Right. Like I, I don't, and, you know, I tell people that all the time. I'm, I'm not as lean now as I was then, but I'm also not trying to get paid for the way I look. Um, you know, there's a trade-off. And, um, and again, that's why, like, I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of, you know, talking about goals and context. I mean, if my goal was, you know, to uh, be the greatest underwear model in the world, you know, I, I would train and eat differently than I do now because that's not what I'm trying to do now. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, like, what's your movement practice like these days? What's, what's, what are your, some of your physical goals? Um, so first and foremost, I think, you know, now I want my, um, my physical fitness regimen, whatever you want to call it to enhance the rest of my life. I want to feel great. I want my mind to be sharp and active, um, you know, throughout the day. I mean, there was a time where, you know, I, I did a lot of, uh, power lifting and, and power building type routines that were very nervous system intensive. And I would find that like the very next day, I felt like I was in sand, you know, I'm in a bad mood. Uh, my brain's just kind of sluggish because I've just completely taxed my nervous system the day before. Um, and, and I'm not going for, you know, I'm not trying to become the strongest or biggest dude anymore. So, you know, I've kind of put aside those days. Um, you know, I still want to be strong. Uh, you know, I think strength is one of those adaptations that allows all other adaptations to occur. Um, you know, if that's fat loss or muscle gain, if you get stronger, it, it enables those other goals. Um, you know, so strength is something that I'm always aware of. I'm always trying to push that up, but not at the cost of, uh, joint integrity or joint pain. Um, I, I do a lot of like primal stuff. I do a lot of crawling. The, I don't know if you're familiar with the guys from original strength. Yeah. Um, but I'm a big fan of that. Um, I do all kinds of mobility work, um, soft tissue. Uh, I like a, a well-rounded, you know, balanced practice. I mean, I meditate, I float, um, um do Bikram yoga. Um, yeah. you know. 
Yeah, yeah, that's um, a similar evolution that I see with a lot of people, myself included. And I'm always curious if people's, because you go to a gym and I see 98% of people, I'm just like cringing at everything that I see. And they probably think I'm ridiculous you know, because whatever I do is like, you know, quite wacky to, to depending on the, the person. But, you know, the evolution of, of, you know, coming out of more like the glamour muscles and more into the functionality of movement, how that relates into my curiosity, I think is kind of who you are as a person. You know, have you, have you noticed any kind of shift at all with, as you change your movement practice, as you change your kind of perspectives or yeah, is there that, that combination happen with you at all? Yeah, I think maybe the reversal of that. So kind of mm -hmm. who I am as a person and, and what I'm trying to, uh, like where I'm at with my own evolution, um, as a human yeah. has influenced how I approach lifting. So, you know, I think in college it was, Hey, I need to fill this void that, you know, I'm, I'm missing the competitiveness from playing sports. So I tried to make the weight room competitive. Um, and then it was, uh, you know, I, I was kind of shy. I wasn't really like, I, I wasn't the most kind of confident or secure. So, uh, then it was, okay, let's, let's try to, like we talked about earlier, let's try to get that met through, you know, the way I appear, uh, outwardly. Um, and then as I evolved more as a person became more secure, more self-aware, I realized that wasn't what I wanted to do. And then, I didn't want to be a pretty boy anymore. So then that I wanted to be strong. So that influenced me to kind of do powerlifting. And then I started a business and became a business owner and entrepreneur. So then it, it shifted from, you know, beating myself up and, and trying at all costs to be as strong as possible to more of a focus on longevity and kind of this balance and, and well-roundedness. Um, so I, I think, I think you're onto something. I think there's definitely a connection, but I think for me it was like who I am and, and where I'm at in that evolution kind of influenced uh, how I approach fitness. Yeah. Uh, I'm also one of those people that like, I, I hate not being able to do something. If I see something that, that I'm obsessed with human potential and human performance. So if I see something that looks cool, I want to physically be able to do it. Um, you know, like when, when CrossFit, first busted onto the scene and I'm like, I, I can't do a ring muscle up. So I want to be able to do a ring muscle up, you know? So, so I started training and, and I could do those and, um, you know, so I want at all times to be able to go and do whatever, whether it's snowboard or bench press or squat or do a snatch or do a kettlebell workout, whatever. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah I'm reading, reading a, a book right now called, I think it's called embodied wisdom by Moshe Feldenkrais. And one of the things kind of paragraphs that I pulled out from that was bringing down the, the human experience is comprised of kind of three entities, he calls it. And it's the nervous system and then it's the musculoskeletal system and then it's the environment, you know, but they're inseparable from each other. And one of the, one of the analogies that he pulls out of there, I think that was like, you know, maybe a little drastic, but really interesting as well is, you know, culturally, if we are so affected by, you know, say for example, like in Bolivia, where there's, they were like taking where their water, water rights. And one of the guys like lit himself on fire. And it was like this, you know, that's like an example of our environment in like the highest end of the pendulum going to the point of we're actually burning our physiology because of our environment. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's that, and then there's the much more subtle things where it's like, Oh, the stress of my office or whatever causes the way that I eat, you know, but yep. it's one inseparable piece. It is. It really yeah. is. And that's, <laughs> you know, that, that was one of the things that, um, it, it actually kind of, you know, I no longer, I, I, in 2012, I started my own gym. It was called house of strength and you know, I, I got rid of it, um, closed it and sold it at the end of 2015. And, and as, as time wore on and as we got bigger and bigger and we got more people in, um, you know, one of the things that you had to do in that kind of warehouse gym business, um, especially when you bring in coaches and you're trying to get them, um, a high enough salary, you know, that's a livable income. Um, you know, we kind of had to, to compromise our values a little bit and we had to bring in more of that boot camp style stuff. And that's one of the things looking back, I wish, you know, maybe I would have thought twice about doing that, but you know, that there, there's, it, I, there, there's no way to say this without like stereotyping a large group of people. Um, and I'm not trying to do that, but, but there are a lot of people who view fitness as kind of, um, 
like counter to what you just said. They don't see it as this lifestyle that, that incorporates everything. Yeah. They see it as like this one thing that, that you can do to either punish yourself for the way you ate and drank over the weekend or, or like to work that off instead of, you know, celebrating what your body can do and, and, you know, looking at it like, you know, as a five or 10 year project of, you know, this is who I want to be, uh, 10 years down the road. And these are the steps I need to take between today and then to get there. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a much, it's a much, uh, less healthy viewpoint, I think, uh, that, that a lot of people have. And I guess I, I would like to have thought that, you know, I was helping them to, make the the connection and see that that wasn't the case. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that's possible. I, I think people have to come to that realization on their own. Um, but I mean, you, you can, you know, the saying is you can lead a, a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Um, so, you know, I, I'm much happier now in the role that I'm in where, you know, especially like, you know, this with a podcast, I mean, if people aren't, people aren't listening to your podcast if they're not interested in self-improvement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah there's a, a, a psychological term called moral licensing, I think is, is how it goes. And it's, it's that where it's like, Oh, I've been super, super healthy and awesome for the last three days. Now I'm going to smoke crack or, <laughs> or whatever, like whatever your <laughs> metaphoric crack is, you know, yeah. it's like, because I'm awesome most of the week, now I can do this really deplorable thing. Right. And I think that that is still a person that's, that's struggling with finding equilibrium with them in themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, do you, what about like cheat days and stuff like that? Have you, do you have any, any read on that? Well, again, it's, it's, I don't think there's one blanket statement. I think there's some people that that works for. I think there's other people that it doesn't work for. Um, you know, it's, it's like, if, if somebody's an alcoholic and they go three weeks without a drink, you don't give them an alcoholic drink, you know, to celebrate like you just <laughs> said. Right. So if, if you're trying to change your relationship with food, I don't know why you would celebrate positive uh, momentum with a, a cheat day. Um, we had, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Logan Gelbrich, but uh, he runs Deuce Gym in Venice, California. Yeah, I live right beside uh, there. Okay, so go yeah. check him out if, if you don't know him. But Logan's an amazing guy. And he, um, he was a guest on our show on the Optimal Performance Podcast. And he said something really interesting. We were talking about this and he said, so many people, you know, want to lose weight, right? It, it's like one of the most common goals, you know, in, in fitness or, or in health or whatever. But none of those people ever say, I want to change my relationship with gravity. <laughs> That's what I, I say. <laughs> there's, but but there's, there's something else going on, right? You, yeah. you, people who want to lose weight want to lose weight for, for some other reason. And I, I just, I just, I'm not convinced that, that cheat meals are a positive part of that process. Um, again, I, I think maybe there are some people that it works for. Um, but I think in general, if you're eating in a way that either you have to have a cheat meal for a physiological rebound, then you're probably in too large of a deficit. Something is not sustainable long-term. Um, or if you're, um, if you're restricting uh, a certain subgroup of foods so much that you crave it and you have to have a cheat day for that. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm not sure that that's a sustainable way of, of approaching your relationship with food. Yeah. 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 There's a, a fun 50 cent word called joint centration, or you just call it like neutrality of the joints, you know, but that's a, I think a pretty fine, fine goal for a person is to find, find that equilibrium or equipoise or, you know, all those words within all the joints as opposed to just like, now I deadlift 400. I really want 415 though. Yeah. You know, and it's like that, but it, that's, getting your deadlift up to 500 pounds is a lot more tangible. You know, you can measure it, you put it on, you put it on Instagram and Facebook and it's like, boom, I did it. And you that's know? exactly what I was going to say. Like, you, it's so much easier to put that on Instagram. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, joint integrity is not a sexy. It's not that sexy. Yeah. <laughs> but I can see that. So I am kind of like a movement whore in the way, in sense like, so I just started doing CrossFit last night. Um, and before that I was doing Iyengar yoga. And before that I was, doing, you know, whatever, acro yoga. And, you know, I, so I get to see all these different 
cultures mm-hmm. around movement, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's, that's the kind of the question of like, you know, how it affects your emotional self and your personality and all that, the way that you move. I'm, you know, completely, I, I ate the red pill. Like I, I see it everywhere, you know, but, uh, well, it's one of those things that like once uh, I, I'm kind of a movement whore too. And, and once you, uh, like once you learn about a certain system, you can't unsee it. You can't, you can't not think that way. Uh, whether it's like, if you're a personal trainer or a strength coach, a nutritionist, um, you know, I, I have a degree in nutrition. I cannot go into a grocery store and not look at other people's grocery carts. And, you know, I'm, I don't, yeah. I don't judge, but I, I, <laughs> I judge. I, I hate it. As I'm judging, I'm like, right. you bastard, you are judging the okay. poor lady with yeah. the pasteurized milk. Yeah. Okay. So, so I do judge, but I hate myself for doing it. Right. But that's, I mean, you, you, and once you see, like, once you see the right way to sprint and you see somebody jogging down the street because they think running is a great exercise modality and clearly they're not physiologically ready to run. You just like, it makes you want to like scream and and go stop them and tell them like, look, you're not ready to run. You're not running correctly. You're doing more harm than good. Please stop. Please let me help you. And you know, this person just wants to log. They they think they have to run 30 minutes a day. uh, You know, so yeah, I, I can completely uh, relate to kind of being a, uh, I don't want to call it like a movement snob or, or exercise snob, but. Yeah, we're all just on a path, you know, that you, yeah. if you look at back at yourself from today in 10 years, you'll probably think you're some form of an asshole. <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh man, you were, you stuck. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, like I, I've told that story so many times. I mean, I'm, I'm 30, how old am I now? I'm I'm 32 now and, and I quit drinking at 20, uh, and, and started, um, yeah, I, I tell people I, I retired before I officially turned 21. Uh, so I had a great couple of years and, and when I was 20, when I stopped drinking, I started eating right. And when I look back at the way that I was eating at 20, it makes me cringe now. I'm like, you're an idiot. You didn't know. But the point that I, the reason I, I bring that up for most people is I say, you know, it's, it's about progress, not perfection. You take where you are now and, and you just start making steps in the direction that you want to go. And even though what I was doing at 20 and 21 and 25 wasn't as good as what I'm doing now, it was better than what I was doing the day before or the year before that. And that's how progress is achieved. And, you know, the great book compound effect. So, you know, you just, you get on the train, you get on the positive side of that and those results will start, you know, piling up in your favor. Is there anything that surprised you recently? I know that's a really broad question, but maybe from yeah. a movement perspective, maybe from a health perspective, maybe from like a philosophical perspective, maybe, you know, is there anything you know, that's like, uh, I would have to say, um, so I went to paleo effects last year and, um, I think that was where I really noticed the keto trend exploding. Yeah. And I mean, I, I had heard of the ketogenic diet and, and ketosis, uh, for, I don't know, I, I, at least like 10, 12 years ago. And, you know, I've, I've heard Dominic Diagostino speak about three or four years ago. You know, it was, it was kind of always in the fringe with Bulletproof Radio and the whole Bulletproof Coffee explosion. Um, you know, what was that, three, four, five years ago? But it's, it's kind of shocked me how much it has exploded in the last 12 months. Yeah. Uh, you see it everywhere. Um, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Um, I, I think the, the potentially dangerous part of it is, you know, people hearing about how good it is and jumping on the train without, um, you know, knowing whether or not that's the right way for them to go. Um, so I I don't necessarily know that it's a good or a bad thing. It's just kind of surprised me that it has gained so much momentum so quickly in the last 12 months. Right. Are you still practicing lucid dreaming? No. Oh, uh, that I, takes I, out a hold. <laughs> I'm so excited well, no, to talk about that. I, I, would, I would love to hear your experience with it, but this, this is why I don't. Um, I felt like I was not waking up rested. I felt like I was expending too much energy trying to control dreams and sleep. And, um, you know, we know when we sleep that that's, you know, our brain has to, you know, go through those sleep stages and, you know, uh, clear out all those toxins and all the stuff from the day before and catalog memories. And I just, I just didn't wake up rested and, and I felt like I needed to sleep. 
So it, it was as fun as it might have been. It was almost like it was at the detriment of what I need to do when I was awake. So I just said, not for me. Yeah, sleeping is, um, I'm just coming up with this analogy now. I'm sure you know, Dan Party and Kirk Parsley and all the sleep people would probably be find this ridiculous, but sleeping is kind of like douching for the brain, you know? So, I, and I think that to allow or to start like kind of like hacking into that, and like sometimes I think that you can maybe be creating by having another operating system going on during that dreaming state, it could potentially throw off what might naturally be happening or not. I was just reading about that like this morning, actually, about how it could potentially alter your sleep in like a negative way. So you experienced that. That's that was my experience with it. Yeah. Do you now do you try it? Like have you done it or no, I'm too lazy, man. I have a lot of like ideas and things that I you know, I'm like, this would be really cool. But um no, I really I really want to start. I could when I was a kid actually. I used to have really like I had like nightmares for a while. And I uh ended up lucid dreaming out of necessity. And that at that point it was really cool because it solved a lot of things. I went from like uh, whatever the monsters were eating me or whatever it was to all of a sudden like flying and being able to like, I was like, I just remember as a little kid, I remember like stepping on their toe and doing like little kid stuff. Yeah. Now I would have had like a sword <laughs> and a flamethrower, but at the time I was like, I'm going to get your toe. <laughs> your, your dream was like the, the real world version of like uh, a Disney movie, how to tame your dragon. Yeah, right, they, went from, yeah. they went from scaring you to like taking you around like yeah. avatar style. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was good when, you, when I was six. But so for people curious to check it out, cause I, I'd highly recommend checking it out. Um, not that I'm an authority on it is, do you have any kind of like steps or nutritional or anything like that? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I guess if somebody has no idea what lucid dreaming is, essentially you're trying to control your dreams and if you've ever seen the movie Inception, uh, that's exactly what lucid dreaming is. The, the director um, for that movie, actually, uh, we, had, uh, we had Ryan Hurd on one of our early podcasts, and he's a sleep expert. And you know, he, I asked him about that, and he said, yeah, whoever the director was, he knew who it was. But, but that director did their homework on lucid dreaming. And, and it's very, um, obviously, it's Hollywood, but, but it's an accurate depiction of kind of the way that you can control dreams. Just like you said, if, if, if you're already having vivid dreams about monsters, then you're trying to control it so that instead of them harming you, that they're either helping you or, you know, friendly. Um, so galantamine, uh, or galantamine, I'm, I'm, some people say it either way. That's a supplement that a lot of people can take, um, before bed to increase, uh, brain activity and, and lucid dreaming. Uh, one of the suggestions that, that Ryan Hurd gave us on our show was to go to sleep with a uh, notepad next to your bed. And instead of jumping right into trying to control your dreams, the first step is trying to remember and recall your dreams. Yeah. So as soon as you wake up, you grab that notepad and you start journaling your dreams. Um, you know, you can either do that on your phone, your notepad. Um, it's, it's easier for me. I actually would open a note uh, on my iPhone and just do the voice record and speak it. It's so much easier for me if I'm half awake to just speak that than to try to write nonsense and, and not be able to figure out what it was the next day. Yeah. Um, so, so step one would be uh, to journal your dreams and, and work on recalling them. And then just to be more aware that you are dreaming. Um, and then the next step would be to try to control them, um, to try to, um, you know, say, okay, I, I have these monsters that are recurring. Uh, let me maybe see if I can change its color first, you know, make it instead of a scary red, you know, satanic looking thing, let me turn it green or purple, or, um, you know, and, and then maybe change their actions. Uh, but start with those like smaller steps and kind of work your way up to it. And then of course, galantamine was a supplement that he recommended. Um, you know, I've, I've heard some people say they take alpha brain, uh, from on it, uh, which, um, I can't believe I'm saying that because I work for natural stacks, yeah, right. but, um, this podcast but, brought to you by on it, uh, but, but some people, uh, yeah, some people say, uh, they take that before they sleep. Um, so. yeah, you have, uh, is it called Siltep through natural yep. stacks? Yeah. Siltep is our nootropic. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? So I just recently got into nootropics as well and I've been doing like neurofeedback and all this, like, you know, again, maybe, maybe fad, maybe not a fad. I'm not sure, but been getting into that world. And I don't know. What are you, what are your thoughts about all that? Uh, you're in LA, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you been to peak brain Institute? Yeah. I go there like three days a week. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we, we had Dr. Hill on our show and, um, you know, I've done QEEGs and neurofeedback with Dr. Hill. Um, 
you know, when we had him on our show, it was really cool, you know, to, to hear that, uh, I guess I'm sure you've probably heard him say this too, then that, um, after the age of 65, we all lose like 20% of our brain mass, uh, certain things associated with like food appreciation and, you know, all those kind of things that you associate like grandmothers with, you know, when they yeah. get to like a certain age. Um, and the only group of people who, who are spared from that are lifetime meditators and that neurofeedback within 10 to 12 weeks of direct training can um, deliver the same result, uh, same benefits as a lifetime of meditation. So, you know, basically neurofeedback is kind of teaching your brain to produce the brain waves that are more conducive to the operating environment that you are looking for. Um, and one of the cool things that, that we've done, you know, subjectively with Siltep, the experience is an increased sense of focus, increased desire to be engaged in what you're doing. Uh, it potentiates long-term memory. Uh, you're better able to recall the information that you take in, better able to, um, you know, catalog it, store it, better able to, to recall it later. And, you know, that's kind of the subjective experience. So, we actually hooked my brain up to a QEEG with, with Dr. Hill. And um, we did a baseline reading with no caffeine, no coffee. I'm sure you did this. Um, and, and no Siltep, no nothing. And we actually found that I had a very high alpha to beta brainwave ratio. And typically, um, when, when you see that elevated alpha to beta ratio like I have that's associated with ADD or inattention. Uh, sometimes you get stuck in neutral, um, easily distracted. And then we did it again two days later with Siltep and a single pill, not even a full dose. The full dose is three pills. Um, but I only take one pill when I take Siltep. I take one pill almost every morning. And uh, the one pill of Siltep lowered my alpha brain waves on the QEEG by two or three standard deviations. So it brought my brainwave pattern back to an alpha to beta ratio that is more associated with calm and focus and better ability to, you know, do the things that we want our brains to be able to do. So it's really cool to see, you know, that objective brainwave data that backs up the subjective experience on Siltel. Yeah, my, where I become, I find certain things like that that seem like too good to be true, potentially a bit dubious, is could it be a crutch? You know, could it be something that through meditation, through flying a kite, you know, through surfing, through freaking having a hug and you know, having a snuggle every now and again, maybe your, your body would start accessing some of those frequencies that you need. But instead, it's like, okay, I don't have enough, you know, transverse abdominus support, whatever. So I'm going to just wear a weightlifting belt all day long. Yeah. You know, it's like, could that potentially be leaking over into like a nootropic world, which I'm like using nootropics right now. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think absolutely. Like one of the things, um, I, I was lucky enough to speak in, in Finland at the biohacking summit and, and cool. this, this, the kind of the topic of my talk was, was very much what you just mentioned. And, you know, we talked about my experience with peak brain and neurofeedback and QEEG, but then it went into, uh, you know, our, we're, we're using nootropics to alter our states. And so, so we talked about the difference between states and traits. And a state is a short-term transient way of being. The trait is a quality or a characteristic, right? So um, we can do things that change the, the transverse abdominus and, and a weightlifting belt is a great example. Um, you know, you could, you could use a weightlifting belt to, you know, make that area less of a susceptible uh, spot temporarily, but then you want to do things that train it and change its state long-term. Um, so things like neuro neurofeedback uh, are kind of, I, I would put that somewhere as a bridge, something between short-term and long-term, but things like meditation, breathing practices, um, hobbies or habits like surfing or flying a kite or, you know, whatever, those are things that are going to alter traits. You know, if you take somebody who surfs five mornings um, a week for 20 years, that's going to change the traits in their brain. Same thing with meditation. Um, you know, so, so I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's, you know, as long as you're looking at them as different tools, um, one tool for, for st altering a state and one tool for 
changing traits long-term. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's the healthier uh, or, or the healthiest way of, of approaching it. Yeah, you could also look at a weightlifting belt just to play devil's advocate on both sides, but you could look at it as, as a means of feedback. You know, so a person, maybe they were so blown out through their lumbar spine and they got the hyperlordosis and their glutes are disengaged, like all the things. You throw a belt on there and all of a sudden it kind of like from ballet terms, it'd be like knitting up the abdomen. All of a sudden it kind of puts your, your, your pelvis into a balanced position and stacking your ribs over top and you're like, oh, okay, cool. I can feel that. Mm -hmm. So maybe now I'll be able to replicate this, mm -hmm. you know, but the, but I think the really crucial thing is when you're doing a dose of nootropics or, you know, whatever it may be, don't just depend on the belt or the nootropic, use that as leverage to actually change who you, who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, is that, yeah. is, you think that's, that's all right? No, <laughs> so. I do. I, I, I think it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's great to look at these things as, as a feedback mechanism. And, and I mean, I would agree. I would, I would, say that what you just said is is looking at long-term traits um yeah. and i'll just say this too i mean I, i've been playing with nootropics since 2012 and my approach to them now is is a much more minimalistic approach than when i, I again like i'm one of those i I'll, I'll i jump in right so whatever it is whether it's fitness or nootropics or whatever i, I want to experience it at its full tilt and then decide if it's for me. So, you know, I, I tried modafinil early on. I tried uh, alpha brain. I tried choline force. I tried Siltep. I tried all of these things, you know, right away in 2013, 2014. Um, you know, I don't, I, I just found modafinil was crazy. Um, to me, it was, it was literally like the movie limitless, right. but you're trading one day for like one or two days of like being worthless on the back end of that. Uh, that was my experience with it. Um, so I, you know, to me, it's not worth it. Um, I've heard Tim Ferriss say similar things. Um, you know, if, if, if he was going to take something like that, then, you know, he expects to have to sleep 12 or 14 hours or something, you know, longer than usual. Um, so I think, you know, my approach to it now, just, just to clarify for people listening is, is a much more cautious approach, much more, uh, minimal effective dose. I mean, like I said earlier, I'm only taking one pill of Siltep every day. I don't take three because um, I don't need three. Some people do, um, but but one is what works for me. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, like, you know, you, you mentioned kind of like using it to see like how you are measuring how you are without it. And I actually took, I, I don't take it on days where I'm not working. So I didn't take it Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. We're recording this on a Wednesday. Um, so I didn't take it Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. I took it Tuesday, so yesterday. And my day yesterday was as productive as the previous three days. And, and I told somebody last night, I, I was on another podcast last night, and I told the guy, I was like, I looked at the clock and it was 9.15 in the morning. Next time I looked at the clock, I thought it was going to be like 10.30 or 11. And it was only 9.45. And, and what I told him was it like, to me, time just slows down. I'm able to do so much more and get so much more done that time just moves slower. Uh, it's crazy. Um, yeah. It's interesting. This is again, probably going to go off the deep end a little bit, but there's, um, I've heard it called the, the provincial rosé paradox. Let's tie this together. But where, you know, so you get like a bottle of wine and you're out in Italy and it tastes delicious and it's amazing and you're by the river and it's romantic. And then you bring it back home and you share it with your friends to show how, you know, great you are and all that stuff. And you're like, this kind of just tastes like shit. I don't, I don't know what, what happened to it exactly. You know, but it's how our perception of our environment and our perception of ourselves affects, you know, how we feel at a psychosomatic level. And I think a similar concept with, you know, the utilizing like substances like, like nootropics or, you know, whatever it may be. I think that there, there's maybe other things at play on top of that. Do you think that's, there's anything to that or not at all? Well, yeah. I mean, so let's go back and look at the same thing from a fitness perspective. Um, I sold my gym and, you know, I have equipment in my garage and I just joined a gym this weekend because lifting in my garage is not the same. Yeah. I, I have to, it's the exact same equipment, yeah. but the environment's different. Right. Uh, and I can't, I can't get into that mindset. I can't go as hard. I can't get the same thing out of it. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, environment is, is absolutely a crucial piece of, of what we're doing. I mean, we talk about that all the time with, um, you know, becoming more productive at work. 
um, you know, you want to set up your, your workspace uh, to be conducive, you know, to, to inspire you to, uh, to reduce distractions. Um, you know, so, so yeah, environment certainly has a, a, a role in it. Um, if, if, if I took Siltep in my perfect work environment and had nobody here, I'd get a whole lot more done. than if I took Siltep and my computer and went to, you know, a, a naval base and, and tried to get work done with airplanes landing over my head all day long. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's sometimes certain substances like that can kind of get maybe a bad name from somebody because they'll just throw some pills down or something like that and not really put themselves in a conducive environment to actually get shit done. Mm-hmm. You know, like that nah, stuff's stupid, you know, but I think there's so many other variables at play with, with anything, you know, movement supplements, whatever it may be. Yeah, I would agree completely. And, and one of the things that we always like to, to help people with when it comes to nootropics is to establish a baseline. Um, know what your default brain situation looks like and then plan your nootropics not only to help with your baseline and to move you in the way that you need to go, but also for your goal for that day. So let me give you two examples. If, if talking about my goal for the day, if, if I need to write 20 pages, then, you know, I need to be focused. I need to be dialed in. If I'm at a mastermind event and we're whiteboarding ideas, I need to be creative and thinking laterally and connecting ideas. So I might take two different nootropic stacks uh, on either of those days. And then looking at the other side of this, you know, our baseline. So I mentioned earlier, I did the QEEG as a way to establish my own baseline. And we found that I had elevated alpha to beta brainwaves which are associated with inattention. Now, if I took a nootropic that increases alpha brainwaves, it would exacerbate that issue for me. It would make me more spacey. It would make me more inattentive. So that doesn't mean that that nootropic is a bad nootropic. It means that it's not the right one for me. Uh, so it, it, it's just like fitness. Like if you have a pitcher, doesn't mean the bench press is a bad move. Just maybe a barbell double overhand bench press is not the best exercise for him. Yeah. So what about, what about, uh, natural cognitive enhancing substances like avocados or like oysters or something? Is that something that you're, you're tinkering with thinking about? Well, I mean, th- those things are like part of my diet on a daily basis. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, supplements are, are always going to be kind of like the rims that you put on your car or the spoiler that you put on your car, <laughs> right? Like if, if you don't, if you don't have wheels and a steering wheel and an engine, you're not going anywhere. It doesn't matter how nice the rims are. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you're sleep is the best nootropic, if, if you're not sleeping right, if, if you're not eating right, if you're not, uh, it, it's, it's, it's that holistic picture that we've already kind of talked about. So, yeah. um, yeah, I think, I mean, nootropics are like, they're not going to make you something you're not. They just help you reach kind of the peak of, you know, what you are and, and what you know is, is there. Do you have any, any natural food slash like natural supplements, be it like lion's mane, chaga mushrooms, cordyceps, you know, or anything It's kind of like top three, four foods that like, you know, it's doesn't come in a liquid yeah. gel packet, but you know, you can get it out of the ground kind of thing. Yeah. So, I, I mean, we, we've got three different myco products that have all of those mushrooms you just mentioned. Okay. Um, but mushrooms are those, great. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Since, since those are in uh, natural stacks supplements, I won't mention those. Um, I'll try to give you some foods then. So, yeah. um, I, I think chocolate is a great one. 100% chocolate. Um, I won't touch anything that's not hundred percent chocolate. Don't give me that 90% bullshit. Uh, cause it's 10%, it's 10% sugar. Like you're adding sugar to it. So, right. Uh, that doesn't count. Um, um, yeah, I I think like sardines and oysters are are great. They're kind of like some of the perfect foods or anchovies. Uh, you mentioned those earlier. Um, broccoli sprouts, uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick's a huge fan of those. We're a big fan of her. Um, but they contain sulforaphane, which is a great antioxidant, helps protect DNA and, and cellular replication and uh, has anti-cancer uh, benefits. Um, trying to think of what else. You kind of put me on the spot. I wasn't prepared to talk about food. How dare I? Uh, what about orgasms? 
<laughs> Let's, uh, have you ever tinkered with that, with that at all? I, I, I saw you had a thing recently about uh, orgasmic meditation on your podcast. Is that yeah. something, did you do any kind of, any reconnaissance work on that before the? Uh, uh, no, I didn't. Oh, because, bruh. Because... <laughs> I, are you familiar with orgasmic meditation? I am familiar with it, but I've only okay. actually, I've only actually um, been, de- it's been demonstrated to me from a male friend of mine where he yeah. pretended to have a clitoris and, yeah. but I'm in the, I'm in the, I'm actually in the throes of uh, working with a sexological body worker. Yeah. And uh, so we're, we're getting into it. It's exciting. Well, I'm going to choose my words carefully because my wife is, is a private person and, oh, and I, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble, but you don't um, need to, you don't need to talk about it. I'm not, well, you know, no, no I, mean, I won't be. We, we did have orgasmic meditation on our podcast and, um, you know, if, if your listeners aren't familiar with it, basically it's, it's a, a practice where they're, the male never even takes his pants off. So there's no expectation. There's no, uh, it's not going to go anywhere other than, um, one partner, male or female, uh, manually stimulating a female's clitoris. Um, so the idea is that most females are under pressure in a sexual encounter that it's going to go somewhere. And this is just, Hey, you have 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it is. And it's, it's all about you. And, and there's, there's not going to be any, um, you know, penetration or, or anything like that. It's just, uh, manual stimulation of the clitoris and, um, that's it. So, um, it's the not being goal oriented thing that I think is really crucial in that. Yes. Yes. That's what I, that, that's what I got from, from them on our show as well. Yeah. 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 All of a sudden that just mellows everything out and you can actually experience yourself. There's so many times people were so filled with chatter of, am I doing this correctly? You know, am I, you know, attractive enough? Am I smart enough? Am I fill in the blank thing enough Mm -hmm. by allowing that chatter to kind of permeate you? The answer is no, you're, (laughs) you're now not enough because you're just, you're totally filled with that stuff. You know, Um, is that, do you feel like you had any kind of connection with that? Uh, I mean, that's exactly what he said and, and I can totally relate to that. Um, yeah. Anyway, should we, um, we, do you want to switch over to your, your realm or, or keep yeah. going or whatever? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Do you, um, I'll, uh, do you, do you have any like close or final questions that you ask? Or yeah. Good point. I should, you I should ask, do that? I should, I'd ask the, the final question. Where do people find you? It's super okay. fun getting to get in a chat and get in. What's, yeah. where do people learn more about you? Uh, so for natural stacks, everything is at natural stacks, uh, natural Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. They're all at natural stacks. Uh, my personal stuff is at Ryan Muncy underscore on Instagram and yeah, that's about it. Cool. So we're going to go and record on the other end of the pendulum here over on, uh, was it, is it natural stacks podcast? Optimal performance podcast. Optimal performance podcast, right? Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. However, that looks. Let's let's figure this out right now. What are we going to do? <laughs> well, how about uh, how about I just I'll dr- I'll grill you the way you just grilled grill me. Grill my shit. Align podcast. Thank you once again for uh, for Sigmatic for supporting this podcast and for bringing such a radical product to the world. Uh, I utilize the cordyceps and lion's mane before any workout movement session that I do. Uh, chaga mushrooms every morning as I'm traveling. I always bring along some type of mushroom blend for immune support and just overall vitality. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Tim Ferriss has been loving that. Sean Stevenson, I believe, from the Model Health Show as well has been getting down on those. Um, so they are spreading like wildfire, and I highly recommend you checking them out. Um, jump on to foursigmatic.com slash align for 10% off of your purchase. I can't re- recommend it more. Uh, foursigmatic.com slash align, F-O-U. U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash align and you will get 10% off of any purchase from Four Sigmatic. Thank you once again so much for tuning into this podcast. If you guys want to show some support, show some love for what we're doing here, um, you can jump on the website aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. And then from there, uh, a couple things you can do, one of which you could actually donate through Patreon. There's a link on the right hand side 
bar of the blog and podcast page. Uh, you can utilize the Amazon affiliate link. Uh, anytime you or anybody you know buy some crap on Amazon, please and thank you. Bookmark that link. Every time you do it, we get something like 7% of your purchase and it helps support this show. It is awesome, so great. As well, something you could do that is ultra helpful if you or anybody that you know um, has ears and likes books, uh, tell them to check out the audibletrial.com slash align. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash align. And then from there, that is, uh, you get a free audio book from Audible. They have something like, I don't know, a bajillion different titles to choose from. Uh, one that I would recommend that I got from them was Shantaram. I, it's a huge book and uh, again, all free no matter what size the book you get. And that got me through, I listened to that as I was traveling through Morocco and uh, just really, really amazing website, uh, amazing service, couldn't recommend it more and uh, it kicks us down some scratchola every time you guys utilize that free thing. Costs you absolutely nothing and you get a free audiobook and you support the show, boom. Um, Thanks so much for reviews on iTunes. That's greatly appreciated. And thanks just in general for listening. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for, for spreading the word. All right. I can't express enough how much I appreciate all that. If you guys ever have any questions or comments, you feel free to email me directly at Aaron at aligntherapy.com. And I would love to talk. All right. See you guys. Thank you for listening and remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast.